Now back to Fitness Fanatics on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right. We are back on the Fitness Fanatics. If you miss any part of our first hour, you can check us out on our podcast page on theticketfm.com. We are under Ticket Weekends, Weeknights, under Fitness Fanatics. We are joined in the second hour by a Farrell's FIT member, Angie Vaza. How are you? <laughs> oh, hold on a minute. We can't Let's hear you. See here. I don't think she's talked yet. Yeah, she said something. Oh. Uh, you're unmuted. It's, we should be able to hear you. Uh, it could be with her microphone if she's... Make sure she's got that set up all right. Mm-hmm. Angie, if you can hear us or maybe turn your microphone on because you're unmuted. Uh, we should be able to hear you here now. Oh, she says, Mike says it's working. <laughs> We've had a good run of this, of this working, <laughs> so it's about time for it to not work. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, let's try that again. Uh, all right, let's try it. Now, Angie, can you hear us now? I can hear you. Oh, can you hear me? Yes, yes. we can solved. hear you okay. also. Okay. So Excellent. It's weird. Just had to refresh the page there. So okay. We're all good. Okay, cool. cool. So, Angie, um, Nicole and I, during hmm, break. Hold on. She So, when I, oh, we could what? hear her. She went away, and now she's back. I don't think we can hear her. No, we heard her. No, we heard her. She's back. Okay. We're good. Okay. We're good to go. Okay, okay. Okay, so, during break, Nicole and I were trying to figure out the highest mountain we've climbed we've in our life. We've never climbed a mountain. Okay, here we go. You ready? <laughs> highest so, elevation. The highest elevation that we've we've actually climbed. <laughs> okay, so two places that we can think of. One is the Scotts Bluff Monument. <laughs> Very impressive hill. <laughs> which is, a, is 800 feet in the air. <laughs> Is that awesome? But it has beautiful vistas, though. Yes. <laughs> it does. So we've got Scott's yeah. Bluff Monument. Yeah. No training mm-hmm. required for that one. Nope. That no was... training. And then, and you know, my ears didn't pop or anything. No. <laughs> okay. And then number two that was, was uh, we went to... Well, Telegraph okay. Pass. Telegraph Pass in Yuma, yeah. Arizona, mm-hmm. which was a elevation of 1,400 feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now is that yeah. impressive no don't lie it's okay <laughs> i no. mean hiking takes all different forms Thank so you. as long as you enjoyed the journey it is worth it the thing about telegraph pass was though our kids were with us and they were young like how old was ben oh it would have been he would have been eight yeah so we had your we had our eight-year-old son our however old katie would have been then you know 11 10 yep and then your dad who was 69 yeah so yeah. like we had a gamut of yeah, abilities oh, yeah. yeah and you it know was the, fun. the way up is always i mean I, I know this doesn't compare to what you do but you know the way up is the cool part the way down is the bad part because you, you've reached the top it's like a road like, trip yeah <laughs> this is awesome yeah. but now we have to make our way back down yeah. you know so it's just kind of like okay but anyway enough about we us. just really wanted to you know compare we like to say we say average Jeff's, you know, what yes. the average Jeff's experience of climbing versus a real climbing experience. Yes. Yeah. So the average <laughs> Jeff, we've, we've 1,400 feet is the highest that we've gone. And yeah. we've been on roller coasters that have gone up 400 feet in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So Angie, reason we wanted to have you on is because you yes. just had an awesome adventure um, of climbing up to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. 
-hmm. So this first segment, we wanted to figure out why in the heck did you decide mm -hmm. to do that? Like what made you decide to do that? And then also the training that led mm -hmm. up to that, like how long did you train for this? Yeah. So I actually set this as a goal when I turned 30. So a decade ago. So when I turned 30 was when I first started hiking in Colorado uh, and really had the experience of summiting uh, a 14,000 foot mountain, which was Pikes Peak, which is if you're looking to start hiking, I would recommend that one for high altitude because you can ride the train down. Oh, that so you can hike good. up mm -hmm. and you can ride the cog railway down, okay. which is pretty nice as okay. a starting point. Um, but the experience that I had was just this profound understanding that you get to experience places that most people won't go. Um, and of course, you question your sanity many times along the route, like, why am I doing this? Um, but the feeling that you get as you get to the summit is just indescribable. And so uh, I also really like competition and a challenge. And so as I kept doing more hiking and started researching which um, high altitude mountains don't require technical climbing skills, Mount Kilimanjaro kept coming up. It's not a technical climb. It's really um, just hiking. And there's you know very few technical aspects. And it's the highest freestanding mountain in the world. Um, and it's, you know, nicknamed the roof of Africa. And so all of those things combined together really, um, kind of stuck in my mind. And over the years, I kept saying that I was going to do it. And so the year that I turned 40, uh, which was this year, I was like, you know, now I actually have to do it. I've been talking about this for 10 years <laughs> and now is when the rubber meets the road. And so about three years ago, um, I started researching companies and training plans. And about 18 months ago, we started training, uh, in earnest. And so the training that I did, you know, I did a lot of extra leg days with the ferals. I have to give a lot of credit to Matt because his leg days are, oh, are no. really something. Matt Maraski. <laughs> oh no. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he won't hear this. This will give him a big head. Well, Becky usually listens. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Everyone's so going to do, he's going to make, he's bringing back around the world lunges and every single one of his workouts. I can just tell it now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so, awesome. No, that is uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. A lot of leg workouts. And then, you know, because we don't live at altitude in Nebraska, when I was researching, they said to train as if you were training for a half marathon to get your cardiovascular system into shape. So on top of the, um, the ferals works out, I started adding in long runs on the weekends and then in the last three months, I uh, because I live downtown Omaha and I have a, a young son who doesn't always want to go hiking in the woods with me, <laughs> I started loading up my pack with uh, weights, just like dumbbells. So I'd mm. hike with 20 pounds in my backpack around my neighborhood, down the field club golf course, up and down their hills. Um, just every weekend, I would hike longer and longer um, around the city just to get miles in. So. Uh, those are really the, the key things that I did. Um, but it, actually, lots of lunges help because the downhill mm -hmm. is pretty intense uh, when you descend. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. like, as far as, so when, oh, I'm trying to think. I want to take what other question I had before. Okay. So, like, when when did you actually leave to go out to do this? Was this, like, last month? Yes. Okay. Yep. So, we left uh, January uh, January 23rd, we left, uh, Omaha and I got back to Omaha February 10th. Jeez. I, okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Well, I mm -hmm. want to get to, um, 
like the actual climbing part, like the experience in our next segment. So yeah. anything else like, well, how do you oh. train for like the altitude? Yeah, there we go. Good question. In Nebraska. Yeah. That's hard. <laughs> so, uh, they, you know, they do recommend going out and doing at least the month before to do a like a high altitude hike. Mm -hmm. I did not have the opportunity to do that. And so I really just focused on, um, like hit training so that I could have like really good cardio reserve. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think the other thing that I did a lot of research around was what type of medications can you take to help with acclimatization? Um, and so we ended up using a medication called Diamox, which helps increase the acidity of your blood. Uh, so it's a diuretic, but it actually increases your acidity. So as you're, you know, breathing really hard and really fast and you're blowing off all your carbon dioxide, it actually can make you alkalotic. So if you take these medications, it can help prevent um, alkalosis. So uh, that's something that they recommend for people who live at or close to sea level who don't have the ability to train uh, at elevation. So we did take that route as well. But it was a, you know, a lot of reading, a lot of research, meeting with other people who have hiked Kilimanjaro to see, you know, what did they find out when they did it mm -hmm. uh, that they would recommend to others. Did you yeah. do this with a friend or was it you just flew over there by yourself and met people that you didn't know and then off you went? Yeah, so I... It's actually really difficult to talk people into wanting to do this type of a, an excursion. But I have one uh, good friend of mine who works with me at UNMC. And so her and I had started talking about it two years ago. And we kept trying to line up the dates. So she ended up being able to go with me. And then she was talking to one of her friends who runs um, half marathons. And she's like, you know, that sounds like it would be a good adventure. So her friend ended up signing up. And then a friend of theirs who lives in Portland, Oregon, uh, who hikes a lot, ended up joining us. So the four of us ended up meeting up in Doha, in Qatar, and then we traveled to Tanzania together. So the four of us, and then there was eight other people who were on the trek with the company that we used. Um, so we all, there was, you know, some single people, some sisters, a couple. So there's 12 of us in our excursion group that all ended up summiting together. So a, a variety. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. I by yourself would just be like, Ugh. but yeah, having some friends to do it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of awesome. Um, yeah. Did they give any like tips as far as like nutrition wise leading up to the climb, mm -hmm. like what to do a month before weeks before um, as far mm -hmm. as part fueling for that? Cause I'm assuming as you're climbing up the mountain, you know, you just can't pop open a grill with steak and potatoes and <laughs> stuff like that. So um, like what kind of uh, prep work did you have to do? leading up to the actual climb as far as calorie intake and that type of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So leading up, they really do recommend eating as clean as possible because you're right. You can't, you can't carry a lot of stuff mm -hmm. with you when you go. And so uh, probably the last month before really focused on in increasing protein intake, uh, increasing like complex carbohydrate intake, and then really decreasing sugar um, so that by the time that I got there, I wasn't going to go through caffeine or sugar withdrawal. Mm -hmm. right, um, right. We, so right now, uh, for Kilimanjaro, you actually have to hike with a company and you have to have a lot of, um, licenses and, uh, support to go up. So we, we picked a company that was really well reviewed. And so as far as, uh, the food, you know, you can bring, they recommend bringing your own snacks, things that, you know, you can eat if you don't feel well, um, 
but then they actually provide hot meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so they make sure that you get a certain amount of meat per day. And then most of the meals were a rice base with like a vegetable curry. Um, so we actually ate really well, uh, the whole way up and down. Okay. That's cool. Um, yeah. Nicole, do you have any other questions? Well, here? like talk about your kind of whole entire background with fitness, because I know you said you had climbed smaller, you know, summits and stuff, but like, where did that come from? Like that desire to do more like, okay, I did this. Now I want to do something else. Now I want to do something else. Like, mm -hmm. how did that, where did that come from? Like, what was your background in sports or fitness mm -hmm. at all? Just yeah. in general. Yeah. So I grew, I grew up uh, out in the country in a small town. And so we played a lot of sports. Uh, and so, you know, throughout grade school and high school, I played basketball, volleyball, I ran hurdles and track. Um, and then I played summer softball. And then after high school, still uh, participated in like a, a sand volleyball league, slow pitch softball co-ed. So I've always kind of been drawn towards maintaining act activity. Um, and I think I just have a personality that's like, you know, if a 5K is good, a 10K would be better. If you're going to run a 10K, you're almost, you know, running a half marathon. So just keep going. <laughs> uh, and so I have that mentality um, at baseline. And so I think as I, you know, kept doing more hikes and adding on more days and more distance, uh, it just became another thought of, you know, why not? Like, why not me? Um, mm -hmm. And so right now I'm trying to convince a group of people to do Everest base camp in 2025, okay. not the full Everest, just base camp one. Um, <laughs> but I think it's, you know, once you start having these experiences, you want to just keep pushing yourself further to do more and experience more. So, yeah. So there it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just summed it up to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Right. Now, what can I do next? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then there's only one more thing to do next, right? The top's that, and that's Mount Everest. Yeah. All right. The, the, you know how tall campsite one is? It'd okay. 19,000 feet. Okay. So campsite one. So that's basically like mm -hmm. the top of Mount Kilimanjaro, right? Yeah. It's less. It's a, but the, it's a little less. But okay. the obviously the environment is very different. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you get out there, there won't be any thoughts of like, eh, maybe we should just go up a little higher. No, you don't, not <laughs> oh. in the moment, but maybe oh, okay. later, probably. Okay. okay. It's our That's mantra. There's always someone crazier. <laughs> and sometimes that person is you. Like, <laughs> you're, there's, there's always a crazier thought. And Your then the, you become self. that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what were you going to say, Angie? Sorry. <laughs> Oh, so we did talk about that, the group that I was with, because there's uh, one of the people who was on our hike. Um, she and her daughter are actually doing Everest Base Camp in November of this year. Um, and so we were talking about, you know, when you get there, do you think you'll want to go to Base Camp 2? Um, but right after Base Camp 1 is like the ice wall with the ladders, and it's a lot of technical climbing. And so it's a pretty dangerous part of the route between Base Camp 1 and Base Camp 2 if you're not an experienced alpine hiker so i think that will deter me from wanting to to push past that point i literally am cold just thinking about it like i literally have goosebumps thinking about that yeah i don't like to do stuff in the cold weather outside like i don't even like to run i swallow with those ladders degrees. and it's like the ladders you're not climbing the ladder right you're walking across Correct. ladders yeah like it's not it's like a bridge it's like bridges and i think the route changes a lot because that it's like ice Depending that's on the time. moving yeah. yeah it's ice that's moving so every year i feel like i'm and maybe uh angie can answer that but i'm pretty sure they got to move those ladders around every year too it's not stationary 
Right. Especially with the ice melting and the temperatures changing as you're lower and the avalanches that have occurred. So uh, it definitely is not without risk. And, you know, I'm, I am a thrill seeker, but I also really enjoy my life. <laughs> yeah. so. Your life and your son. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. You, you don't want to do something too stupid, but we've seen the documentaries on Everest. We know what's up up there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. It's a good time to take a break. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to talk about the actual experience of the climb yeah. and what you went through in your body and, and all that and how that went for you. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back with Angie Vaza, um, who scaled up to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. So we'll hear all about that next on the Fitness Fanatics. <laughs> 